from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The Golden State Warriors had their backs against the wall and they climbed back to get a huge win last night. But that's not the biggest story from the game. The biggest story is what happened in the fourth quarter when one of the Lakers' superstars went down and now everybody waits for word about what's next. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, were presented by Progressive Insurance. It was in the fourth quarter then an inadvertent elbow to the face by Kevon Looney during a D'Angelo Russell layup attempt went to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis left the game immediately. He grabbed his face. He left the game immediately. According uh, to multiple reports, he needed to be escorted off the court in a wheelchair for further evaluation. Uh, everybody's wondering what's next. Here's what we know so far. It's not much. I can tell you that this is what Lakers coach Darvin Ham said after the game about AD status. Hey, Darvin, what do you know about Anthony Davis at this point? Yeah, obviously everyone saw he took a shot to the head, but he got just checked in on him. He's doing, seems to be doing really good already. So that's just where it's at. That's the status of it right now. Do you know any next steps in terms of him talking to doctors? We just got done with the game, Mike. Now that was immediately after the game as they try and figure out next steps. Next steps are something brilliantly described this morning by Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider on Get Up, when he told us this. You know, this isn't just a matter of whether he's got an injury. It's a matter of whether he's got a concussion. And the Lakers obviously were feeling that he was improving last night, but every concussion is different. He's going to have to be monitored today. Sometimes symptoms don't present till the next day. The difficulty for the Lakers is if he has to enter the concussion protocol because of timing, because of symptom um, recovery, because of baseline um, procedures, he almost certainly would not be able to play in game six. And Game seven, a possible game seven would be in doubt. And so that's why it's so fragile. And it's not something that they can necessarily make a decision on last night. They have to wait to see how it goes today. And yeah, Fitz, it, it, it's very unfortunate for Anthony Davis and also the Lakers as a team and as an organization. But you want to make sure you take the right precautions in this manner because we did see um, things transpire in another sport with the Miami Dolphins and football and how things were handled in that manner. So I'm glad that when they evaluated him, he didn't go back into the game. He went back into another room and they did their tests or whatnot. But also that following day is very, very important because, you know, you might not have symptoms until today. And it might be something as simple as light being turned on, right? And not, next thing you know, you have another headache. But at the same time, I think the Lakers and, and their staff and the doctors I think they're going to evaluate Anthony Davis very thoroughly in this process because you don't want to make a mistake because I'm just going to put it like this when it comes to wins and losses, right? Or, or winning a basketball game, you want to do what's best for the individual at heart. You have to do what's best. And that, to that point, uh, I have to remind everybody, this is not as simple as, well, the Lakers are going to look at him. He's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. They control their own destiny. Again, we will turn to Brian Windhorst, the ESPN NBA insider, who reminds us that so much of this conversation is out of the hands of everybody involved. This is not a question of whether AD feels okay. This is a question of what the doctors will allow him to do. 
So it's, it's, it's really not in the Lakers' hands. It's not a toughness thing. It's not something his teammates can give him a pep talk about. So that's why this is so fragile. And I don't mean to, to minimize the terrific performance that the Warriors had yesterday because they played a terrific game to save their season. But everything hinges on the injury report that would probably be released later tonight of whether Anthony Davis is on it or not. So far, we have no update that he's been put into concussion protocol. That's the important thing. What we do know is that they had to, uh, they have to meet with him today. They have to take a look at him today. That's going to be the most important thing. And to your point, Harry, the most important thing is if he does have a concussion, then I always want these things to be identified, and I want the human being to be put in the situation that's best for the human being. If he doesn't have a concussion, they're going to have to figure out how he feels and what they can expect from him in Game 6. This is pivotal, obviously, for the Lakers, because the other part of this is when you are every other day, your opportunity to figure out how to shift your game plan is is brief. Like you got to get right to work. You know the well, whole staff is getting to work right now. Well, well I'm I'm thinking of, I'm looking at it from, you know, a, a football standpoint, right? If if one of my teammates or oh, I had a concussion and the process in how many days it took to get back to playing, right? And basketball Time is not on your side because in a regular season, you're playing back-to-backs and you're playing every other night or whatnot and three or four games within a week. In the playoffs at this moment, these guys are playing every other night. So the time frame doesn't work out for the Warriors – I mean, excuse me, for the Lakers in game six if that's what he's diagnosed with, nor does it work out for Anthony Davis and the Lakers when it comes to game seven. That's why this is is something that can really, really – you know, just talking from a bas- basketball perspective now, that can really, really, really put the Lakers in a position that they probably don't want to be in, yeah. but they have no control over being in that position because Anthony Davis got hit in the side of the head with an elbow or forearm by Kevon Looney. Yeah, this is what's interesting about all of it. Fitz and Harry, by the way, presented by Progressive Insurance, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. If you're the Lakers, you need the best of Anthony Davis. Like, there are two different questions here. Is AD yep. going to be okay? And we don't know the answer to that yet. We're presuming, uh, I mean, all reports so far is that we don't have any updates, but the Lakers are optimistic he will not be ha- uh, be put into the concussion protocol. That's the best information that we can work with right now. So will he play? Then the question number two becomes, if he does play, how's he feel? A- at least in the immediate moment afterwards, he was a little wobbly, right? Uh, th- this This was real. We all saw it on the court. Can he come in and be the best version of himself? Because what we saw last night was that the Warriors understand the level of intensity they need to bring for every single remaining game. And I feel like right now the pressure is shifting over to the Lakers. So if you're the Lakers, not only do you need AD on the court, you need the best of AD on the court. You don't need the every other game AD that we talked about earlier in the playoffs. You don't need a less assertive. You need the best of Anthony Davis to win this series. And I think it's two conversations, Fitz, right? If Anthony Davis is able to play, you need him to be – you know, what he's been able to do the last three games and I would say game one in this series, right? You need him to be that dominant force. If AD isn't able to play, a lot of questions may lie, well, can the Lakers win this game six? And my answer is going to be no because of the paint presence offensively that he brings this team, the rebounding that he has brought them, but also the defensive dominance, uh, rim protecting. So those are the two things that you're looking at right here, right? If Anthony Davis is able to play, what do you need from him? Well, you need excellence. You need him to be a top 10 player type, uh, perform, have a top 10 player in the NBA performance in game six if he's out there. But if he's not able to play, I don't think the Lakers would be able to get a win. And you need that to all happen without any 
hesitation. Like, you know this yeah. so well from playing the NFL, right? When you're coming back from something like this, the one thing he can't be is hesitant. And if you're Golden State, you're going to demand some level of physicality. You're going to go test how he feels, right? So he what? can't be hesitant. You're like a shark in the water that's, that, that's sniffing blood. Because as a Golden State Warriors, you don't care anything about his injury. You're hoping he's, he's okay as a person. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to basketball sense, that's not your issue that you have to deal with. And you're going to try to expose him every chance that you get. And if he's got just a little bit of, man, things don't feel right. I feel a little off. I'm a, like, I don't know how I feel when I take that level of contact. Like, they're going to figure that out early. We, yep. as, as you were watching the game last night, you noticed right away that Draymond set a – there was a fail, uh, foul right at the beginning to set a certain tone, right? Like, Draymond was out there. You think he ain't going to do the same thing to AD <laughs> if he's out there? Like, I'm not saying that he's going to go out and, and try and do anything malicious at all. But you are, as an athlete, on one side going to go out and test the athlete on the other side that you know might be playing through something. Like, that's just the way it always works. No, and, and, and for the Golden State Warriors, if Anthony Davis is out there and they don't do that, then I don't feel like they're doing their due diligence as a team to, to win a game because you have to check all your boxes, especially when you can see a deficiency in your opponent. You, you want to exploit it as much as possible. Again, there has been no breaking development since last night. We have not gotten any new specifics on where we are currently with whether or not Anthony Davis has been or will be put into concussion protocol. We know that he took the hit last night in the fourth quarter. We know that they looked at him at the time. We know that they were looking at him again today. And because symptoms can be delayed in showing up, he'll have to clear whatever that, that concept is. If he is put into concussion protocol, right now he is not. But if he is put into concussion protocol at that point, that would make him almost 100% unlikely to be able to play not only game six, but possibly even game seven. So for the Lakers, for Vegas, for everybody with eyes on this, all eyes are going to be simply on what do the doctors say. And by the way, that's all that should matter right now. The doctors will decide whether or not he has to be in protocol and whether or not he can move forward. As we get more information, you'll be the first to get it. We will get it to you, of course, Right away, that is the big breaking story. But also, last night, the NBA gave us their all-NBA team, and they may have sent a massive message to one of their biggest stars. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas are Fitz and Harry. Man, they, they ticked you off, huh? I mean, they ticked you off, my man. I, that, that, I'm just saying, like, let, we make these things so complicated. Like, uh, but I, I love the fact you said it with your chest, too. Like, you, you said it with your chest. You know what? I'm out here. I'm just out. I'm, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I'm out in these streets now. That's what's happening. I'm out, <laughs> these, I'm out here. He said, I'm out here. Oh, my God. I'm I out in these streets. Please clip you, that off. Fitz. Evan and Devin, please clip that off. Please. I still don't think that was all that remarkable. I am out there. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. The All-NBA teams were announced yesterday, Harry. And there was a lot of focus on what it would mean for Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, the Celtics. $100 million on the line, as we mentioned yesterday. 
But there was an even quieter statement that was made in a big way towards one NBA superstar that I think is going to resonate. John Morant did not make the All-NBA team, right? So John Morant misses out on the All-NBA team. People might shrug their shoulders and say, so what? He had a, a max, uh, he has a max deal. It's fine. His current max rookie extension stays at $194.3 million because he did not make any version of the All-NBA team. That is $39 million less. Had he made that team $39 million, and as we were all watching it up this morning, listening to people talk about it, the immediate concept that the suspension cost him votes and was what kept him off the All-NBA team, man, if the suspension didn't cause uh, an eye-opening moment, if watching the Grizzlies don't go down in the playoffs, uh, go down in the playoffs doesn't open your eyes, Losing $39 million has to finally be the thing that shakes the cobwebs, right? Yeah, but let me say this first. I still believe John Morant should have made at least one of those all-NBA teams. Now, if you ask me, am I, am I upset that he didn't? No, I'm not because he put himself in that situation. But it's also a lesson to a lot of people that's looking up to John Morant, that's, that, that sees and, and, and views him on a regular basis, that there's a way that you have to conduct yourself and there are do's and don'ts and you got to understand what you can do and what you can't do when you're in certain positions where a lot of people are watching you. And you never want to put certain things in another person's hands because, you know, there's all kind of people that vote on things like this, right? You don't want to, you know, put them in a situation to where, now their feelings are into it and they make this decision with them leaving you off. But that's on John Morant. He can't blame anybody but himself for that. And it just happened to cost him $39 million. We're not talking about a million or two. We're talking about $39 million. So if everything else wasn't eye-opening beforehand, losing $39 million should damn show be eye-opening. Well, and I mean, it raises a, a real question of uh, how this whole process works. Like, I know it's collectively bargained, and that's why it's there. But, uh, but I, but you know, I always, I will always hate, like, this vote. Like, that it, it bothers me. But that's a story for another no, day. But, but you're right. Like, there's there are a bunch of voters that control money for these players, and it's wild. Like Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, Jamal Murray were all eligible for supermax deals. None of the three of them was an All NBA honoree. Now. We expected that. I think most people thought that that would be the case because of the people that are ahead of him. But Josh certainly was putting up numbers that would have made him part of that conversation, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's why it's a little different when you think about uh, how it works. And Josh reacted on Twitter, uh, gave the eye rolls, and then the back on top uh, soon sort of thing. He obviously referenced it. I don't understand how you wouldn't reference it, though, because you certainly look at it and say, my God, like, there has to be some some level of this, you know, that, that hits you hard when you see the actual money just leaving you. Oh, no, it hit, it, it, it hit him. It hit him hard. <laughs> like, losing $39 million hits you hard, man. You, you know how many things that you can do or what, what you can invest in with that money? When we're talking about generational wealth, and he already has the generational wealth, but $39 million, you're talking about great, 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 great grandkids down the line. That, that, that's $39 million that they could, that they could have, right, to, to keep things going as well. So it, it's a massive loss. But at the end of the day, man, it's, you got to look in that mirror. What Michael Jackson got the song, Man in the Mirror, right? Yeah. You got to look in the mirror. 
Uh, it, it's hard. The one thing I do always say when you look at this, though, I mean, as great as he was this year, the guards that are ahead of him all, I mean, SGA from Oklahoma City uh, and Luka were your guards on the first team, right? That that makes sense. Donovan Mitchell, Steph Curry, your guards on the second team, and then your guards on the third team were Damian Lillard and De'Aaron Fox. All very worthy people. I, so I, I, do, I don't want to slight any of them in that process, but certainly it, it, it would be pretty easy to find some way to put Ja in there. It, here's my thing, though, because – I, I, I like to view, I like to put team success in that as well, and I love Dame and I love Dame's game, but when you look at the Blazers, I I would have put Ja ahead of Dame, being honest, and I and it, it, trust me I love Dame's game, and Dame missed a lot of games this season as well, but his team wasn't what was the Memphis Grizzlies was the second best team in the Western Conference right yep they were the two seed that has to that has to like say something as well bro like it has to I don't disagree with that Dame is beloved everybody everybody knows that Uh, I think it's a little surprising when you start thinking about the fact that according to multiple reports it wasn't even close right like there wasn't it wasn't like Ja was right on the edge of it but that tells you though that mm -hmm. tells you that the off the court stuff that was going on with Ja Morant Put the voters in a mindset that, you know, we can't vote for this guy. We're going to go with the other guy. Man, you know, here's the thing. And and what you just said means a lot because it also tells you that Ja now has to look in the mirror and realize that whether he likes it or not, he's seen some kind of way. By these voters, he has seen some kind of way. And when you start thinking about that, now you have to undo that. Right, if if because you've talked a lot. Well, I'm stopping really quick. I don't. I wouldn't say undo it. You have to change the narrative. Yeah, that's probably you have to change it because you can't undo it. Right. So you have to change the narrative now moving forward. Yeah, yeah, that's a better way to say it. And and part of it is part of changing anything is accepting your role in creating it in the first place. I say that all the time, right? Like, so he's going to have to look in the mirror and say, okay. I'm part of the reason that I am viewed this way. How am I going to change what I need to change in my life so that I'm not seen that way anymore? Because this is this is a real moment for him. Now, this is the last time that the All-NBA team will be done on position. Next year, it's just the five best players on each of the three All-NBA teams. Which it should have been anyway. Especially in a positionless <laughs> basketball world. Like I, I love a lot of what that's going to bring to this process, but man, when you're looking around, there are two ways you can take this. You can either take it and say, man, these guys screwed me and I belonged on that list, or you take it and say, man, I can't believe I, I screwed that up. And that's it's funny because it's a small difference to a huge statement. And I think not only Jaws' future, but the future of the Memphis Grizzlies will largely depend on which version of that statement he embraces. If it's, man, they screwed me, I'm the victim here, that's going to be – that That well, tells you nothing's changed. And if he comes in and says, man, I made I, – I created this problem, I screwed myself, like that's a much different situation. Well, and, and it, it's one word that we have for that. It's called accountability. Right. And, and once you take that first step, then now the actions follow. Right. You, you take accountability for what you the situation you put yourself in. Now your actions to change that narrative follow that. And then if all those two, if those two things are aligned now as a basketball team in the Memphis Grizzlies, I think they will be in a better space as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how all of it plays out. And it's wild that just an award 
an award that's just tweeted out there for the world makes such a difference financially for so many people that dedicate their life to the sport. All right, one NBA team has a chance to control their short-term future tonight, but their long-term future was decided for them last night. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Sixers storm into Boston and win game five to take a 3-2 series lead over the Celtics. Now we return to Philly where Boston faces a must-win game six. Will they survive? Coverage begins tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by Indeed. I'm hooked on a feeling every time I get to work with Harry Douglas. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Don't forget tonight, you just heard it. You can listen to the NBA action on ESPN Radio. You can watch the NBA doubleheader on ESPN tonight. Sixers, Celtics, 730. Nuggets, Suns, 10. Those are both Eastern times. So be sure to hang out with us on ESPN Radio. And, of course, watch the games on ESPN as uh, the Sixers and uh, Suns are trying to figure out uh, the, both of those series, I should say, uh, are got teams trying to stay alive. We're joined now by ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks. Bobby, always appreciate your expertise. We were just having a conversation about John Morant missing out on the All-NBA team, and if $40 million lost sends a message about maybe the way he's perceived in some circles. If you're sitting there as the GM of the Grizzlies, what would your message to John Morant today be? That if you didn't have the incident, you would have made All-NBA. I mean, that's the reality of it. I mean, he was on track, um, you know, before uh, before everything happened in uh, out in Denver here. Um, I think it's a wake-up call for him. Um, certainly that, um, you know, that there, your actions, there's, a, there's, you know, consequences for, you know, what, what occurred. I, I, I personally would have voted him, voted him on NBA. I, I thought he, over the 59 games that he played, he, he deserved it. Um, you know, I think, you know, did he deserve it more than Steph Curry? I thought he deserved it more than Damian Lillard. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a judgment call there. But from a front office perspective, yeah, I mean, I think if you're Zach Kleiman, I think you're thinking like this might be the best case scenario for the organization because, as you said, it's it's kind of a wake up call for him um, that you know there's consequences to to you know to his actions and the and the consequences were you know forty million dollars. And Bobby, I felt the same way that you did. Uh, I would have put him on over Damian Lillard, especially because of the team's success as well. But I'm not going to sit up here and say that I'm angry at voters for leaving them mm-hmm. off because Ja put himself in that situation. But let's transition to two more other guys for the Boston Celtics. And, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who's eligible for a Supermax Brown this summer, Jason Tatum next summer. What would you do if you are the Boston Celtics? Do you offer both guys the Supermax? I do. I do. I, I, I wrote their article last night, and whenever they're, they're, if they're eliminated, it will, it will come out. And I kind of really just wanted to – 
deep dive in it. So it doesn't, can you, can you basically, can you pay two players $600 million under this new CBA, right? That's kind of the theme of it here. You know, Tatum, uh, Brown this offseason, 295 is the rough number that he can sign. The following is, is, um, is, is Tatum at, at, you know, around 318. And, and you can, um, the good thing is that these, these extensions stagger, right? So, so Brown starts, uh, in the 2024-25 off, uh, uh, you know, season, and then Tatum the following year. So it's not like you're getting a hit at the same time. The the, the good thing with how this their roster is built, you know, they've got, you know, whether it be Marcus Smart or Derek White or Al Horford or Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon, their salaries are are good salaries here. So you can you can do it, and you won't feel the teeth of this CBA. I think it's it a little more complicated when when Tatum um, kicks in in 2000. 25-26, I always say that, you know, the worst thing you could do is you just pivot, right? You do what Utah did with Mitchell and Gobert is that at the end of the day, you sign these players, um, you know, if, if things don't work out and you feel like you have to kind of move off one or the other, they're still going to have tremendous value. I mean, both, I think one's 25, the other's 26. They're, you know, they're in the prime of, of their career right now. So, yes, I, I would I would sign um, Brown this offseason. I would sign Tatum next offseason. Because I think this roster is still good enough here. I think the big thing is that what's what's their identity, right? Like that's that's from the basketball standpoint. Like this team's identity was this defensive minded team, and now they've lost that identity here because they've transitioned a little bit more offensively. So, but from a pure talent standpoint, it's very hard to get two players that are top fifteen, top twenty wings that are twenty five, twenty six under contract for you know four or five years. So yes, I would I would I would do Brown, and then I would you know basically figure out everything else later. I mean, Bobby, money fixes everything in a lot of these instances, but how often can we hear that Jalen Brown may not be particularly happy and not wonder, is there something other than just offering him the Supermax quickly that Boston can do to try and keep him happy? Well, I'm interested tonight. You know, uh, he's gotten off quick and off to a really good start. And then it feels like we kind of, you know, they kind of forget about Jalen Brown, right? Like that doesn't happen for a guy who's a, a second team all NBA type type player here. And it, it's interesting, you know, there's been twelve players that um that have met the criteria. Only one elected not to sign the Supermax and it was Kawhi Leonard in two thousand um I think it was two thousand seventeen here. Everyone else signed it here. So we'll see. I mean if, if Jalen Brown is, is unhappy in Boston, as you said, yeah, yeah, money fixes everything for short term, but does it make sense for him to play out the year and you know, put that on hold and become a free agent the following off season. You you know certainly would risk a ton of money here. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens this, this off season here. But I think at least for tonight, man, he, he's he's got it. They got to include him not just in the first half and first quarter. Now let's take things out to the West Coast, California, to be exact. What is the Lakers organization going through right now? Is there as they wait for the results on um, Anthony Davis? Yeah, I mean, I think you you. I don't know if you're you're going full into two different game plans here as far as, you know, without Davis and, and you know, with Dave, certainly with Anthony, you, you kind of know what the blueprint is based off the first um, the first five games here as far as how to beat this Golden State team. I think I think it becomes interesting if he doesn't play, does we put LeBron at the center and we kind of go a little bit smaller here? Do we stay big? And that means – you're basically, you know, there's not a true center on this team outside of Davis. Is it Vanderbilt? Is it, is it LeBron? So I think Darvin and, and, his, and his group has probably multiple different options, and you, you're probably just talking that out loud right now until you probably have something, you know, something finalized. 
So with that being said, I feel like in a yo-yo series that's gone back and forth with a bunch of hot takes, what I love about you, Bobby, is you're always fair and reasonable in your breakdown of this. Right now, Warriors-Lakers, simply who's the better team? I think when if, – if AD's out there, the Lakers are the better team. I do. I mean, the, the game four, the end of the game four, for a team that's coming off a championship, it was one of the most bizarre endings there. Like the shot selection from Clay, from from Curry, um, like the lack of self awareness. I just think I think the Lakers are just a little more, a little more in sync here. Um, and so I, I I'm not I don't trust Golden State. I don't I don't trust them at all going into into Los Angeles and winning a game six here. Certainly, we they saw it in the in the um, in the Sacramento series. They can do it here, but. Man, I mean, from a depth standpoint, you know, one to ten, um, I don't know what I'm going to get from Jordan Poole. I'm, I'm going to say the Lakers right now. Bobby, and Bobby, and, and let me add this really quick to what he just said because he mentioned the end of game four. Bobby, I watched that game last night, and it almost started to happen for the Warriors yeah. again last night. They started yeah. shooting these crazy shots, yeah. and luckily the Lakers started missing on their end so it didn't come back to bite them. Well, you know what it is? It feels like it's, sometimes it's so easy for them that they try to make it hard on themselves. I mean, and you go back and look at game four, the, Kurt, the Thompson shot when Steve Kerr had his hands on his head. It's like, what are you doing? We're swing, swing, right? Open shot, corner three. I mean, that's what you're doing. And then, and then you basically kind of go away from that. Bobby, I can't trust any team, but I can always trust you, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thanks for making sense in the madness. Enjoy some playoff action tonight. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's Bobby Marks hanging out with us, always doing a great job of breaking it down. Uh, and, again, if there's any breaking news on it and Anthony Davis, you'll hear it here first, not just on this show, but throughout the course of the entire day on ESPN Radio. Coming up, fans love the NFL schedule release, but do NFL players actually care what happens tonight? Harry will tell you with firsthand experience next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Brought to you by Bank of America. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Today on ESPN Radio, now that the NFL draft is done, Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young. And grades have been given for every team. Who had the best draft, Mel? I thought the Eagles and the Seahawks did. We set our sights on the release of the 2023 NFL schedule from three Monday night football doubleheaders to the first ever Black Friday game to your team schedule. Happy NFL schedule release day today on ESPN Radio. That's right. The NFL season all starts in September. We should celebrate that. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Uh, we did come up to a conclusion on this. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry, I asked yesterday what the urban equivalent to Brown Eyed Girl is. Like, you know, a song when it plays at the barbecue? Like, people don't mm-hmm. dance, but everybody just sort of shuffles around in their seat, and then they sing along, but they don't sing at the top of their lungs. That's this. Like, the urban... Tell me I'm wrong. Urban barbecue, like you're flipping no, hamburgers and people are going... Th- this is this is one of them. Like I think you know in the culture, you have uh, 
multiple of songs that you can put on and people are going to bob and but this is definitely a staple like earth wind and fire oh yeah so i interviewed earth wind and fire for the nfl draft a couple of years ago in cleveland and they're rock and roll hall of famers so we were doing a hall of fame tie-in since the draft was in cleveland and i asked the guys i was like look i've been lucky enough in my life to be in the studio for some huge hits but i've never been in the studio for a song like this so i was like what was that day like and the funny thing is all the guys in the band, every single one of the guys in the band immediately said, oh, we hated the song. We didn't want to record it. The guy that wrote wow. it in the band, we were like, this is so stupid. You want us to sing what? And they're like, "This is, like they hated recording it. They hated singing it. They thought it was dumb. And then it came out as a huge hit. And they're like, yeah, no, he's really smart. So there you go. Like, it's just, it's- you want to know another one? Uh, like Summertime by Will Smith. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that, yeah. That's another one. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, in summertime, actually, I'm dating myself here because I don't think of that song being as old as it is, but you're right. It is old enough to qualify for this. Like, the thing with September is, like, it doesn't matter if you're, you're, if you're like, 15 or if you're 75. You're still, That's like, right. That's <laughs> right. All right, so. That's right. Uh, they, if, and if you're 75, you might feel a little juicy. Like, oh, I remember when I had. Uh, grandma, I be quiet. We don't want to hear that. I never want to know anything about juicy grandmas. Uh, one thing I do want to know about <laughs> is the schedule release specifically from your eyes. See, here's the thing. I learned something years ago. I'm glad we're doing this because I was talking to Harry one day about the schedule release and I got an education because as a fan, we're all going to flock to it and look at it and see, well, where's the bye week? What are we doing? But for you as a player, when you were playing, what were you looking for when the schedule came out? Okay, there are a few things here, Fitz. Number one on my list was the rivalry games. Like the, uh, our rival when I played for the Atlanta Falcons were the New Orleans Saints. So when were we playing them? Uh, I knew one year we played them the first game of the year. I know, uh, another year we played them, I think, the day after Christmas. And then I think recently they played them on Thanksgiving. So when, when were we going to play our rivalry team? In my case, it was the New Orleans Saints. That's, that's one of the things that you look for. Number two, the national TV games. How many games do we have that's going to be on national TV? Whether it's a Monday night, Sunday night, uh, a Thursday night. And this year you actually have a Friday. We know the Jets are going to be playing on, on Black Friday. Uh, number three for me were the weather games. Okay, when are we going to Florida? If we got to play in Florida, when are we going to uh, th- these hot places? But also these cold teams that we could be playing in, in, in no- late November, December, January. When are those games and where are those games? Is it going to be away? Or are we going to be home? All these type of things matter. I think fourth it would be other marquee matchups, right, that you that your team isn't involved in, like games that you potentially could watch that's on national TV, like other marquee matchups or, or, or games that your friends are playing in. And last but not least, because you have games that are played overseas now, do we have a game in London? Do we have a game in Germany? Those are the type of things that, you know, players are looking at when it comes to the schedule uh, being presented. We're, uh, would you rather play a rival early in the year or late in the year? It doesn't matter. See, I got the best of it, though, because I think game one adds that much more to the offseason and also training camp because you are playing against your rival. Um, also, late in the year, too, when a, a lot of marbles are on the line and y- both of you guys need the game and uh, need the win to be able to advance or get to the playoffs or something like that. That's very, very key. So I think either or or both. Sometimes it was like that for me when we played the Saints uh, the first game of the year, then we played them late in the year as well. 
Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, were presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE because it probably can. There's one other thing that we both know you're looking at, right? Like, come on, mm-hmm. let's just have an. If you're playing in Minnesota, or you're playing, you know, in a, in, a, in a maybe a little lesser of a party town. You know, you're looking at it. And you're like, oh, we got Vegas in Vegas. We got oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got Miami in Miami. <laughs> For some people, we got Atlanta in Atlanta. Okay, okay. Can I be honest? Can uh-huh. I be honest? Yeah, please do. Yes. All right. This is back when you know I, I was out there able in to the mingle. In yeah, I was in the streets a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. You look at certain cities and, you know, you're like, hey, man, yeah, yeah, I know I know a girl that live out there, so I'm going to be able to kick it with her when I get out there. We're going to eat a little bite, have a little bite to eat, and then we can kick it a little bit. Yes, you do look at those things. I mean, but later when I, you know, was in a nice committed relationship, of course, of course. those no. things started. But in, but in my young and free, living young and wild and free, I got a nice young lady in this city. Let me hit her up and let her know, hey, we have a game coming out there. These are the dates I'll yeah, be there. I'm telling you, the only thing better than ceiling fan Harry is helicopter Harry. He's just riding into a whole city, <laughs> hanging off the helicopter as it's coming into the. I mean, that's that's real. Uh, the NFL schedule tonight, by the way. To that boy, 8, that 8 boy, boy, he was a bad boy. Let uh, me tell you right now. There's no, there's no <laughs> doubt. Like my only hope this year for the Raiders to have a good season is that uh, everybody that comes to town that doesn't usually come to town gets a little case of Vegas flu. Like that's my only my only hope is that people come out to Vegas, they get a little extra time on the West Coast and they get used to it. I am not particularly uh, like, but I, I realize, I think we all realize, I have managed expectations. Evan, you are the biggest Jets fan I know, uh, other than Greeny maybe, but I don't know Greeny all that well. So you you and I were anointed. How excited are you for the schedule release simply because you know your team's going to be good? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for multiple reasons. They're, they're going to be good. I have not been to a Jets game in person since 20... 20- 11 2010 wow 2011 i think i went to a chiefs jets game uh i think it was 2011 the year after they've last gone to the playoffs um it was the first game i ever went to and the only game i went to at MetLife. life what I kind just, of fair weather lives well, hours on. from there can get free <laughs> tickets and doesn't go well, a can't get free tickets that easily and b it's just not that okay. easy so now that they're good Maybe I'll go to a game this year. Oh my god! So like that's why I'm excited. I want to look at the schedule, see what game I'm going to. I was going to ask everybody how excited we they need are. to go game Instead. one as a staff, no, no, as no. a group. Oh, we need to break down the fact that free tickets are readily available to the Jets. I mean, they're the Jets. Could have gotten those four. <laughs> Evan chose not to. My God, uh, Kenny and Carlin coming up. They they're actual real fans. Listen to them. Thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.